0: Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of the podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas, here on Monday, December 14th, 2020. It's starting to look a lot like Christmas. Not really. It's not looking like Christmas at all. It's warm. It's rainy. Um, it's pretty dreary Monday morning, but we got some exciting fights to talk about uh, here. Charlotte, North Carolina, as always. Sunscrap Nation. Make sure to go check out the website, sunscrapnation.com. Put some work into it. It looks nice. It looks nice. Uh, I tried to put up a video the other day. Guess it got flagged by YouTube and video was taken down. All right, so we'll try it again on another thing. Not today. We're going to go strictly audio again. Uh, I got to figure this out. I might have to do a paywall in order to show videos and do what I was doing. If that's the way that I need to go about, I hope you guys are willing to chip in. Maybe a couple dollars a month. And that way you can actually watch with video. Um, I pride myself on being able to articulate things very well as far as technique and things go. However, having a visual aid helps everybody. So why don't we get into what happened this past weekend. Remember to go check us out on all... Listening apps: iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify. I won't ever leave those places. I'll always be there. Podcast app wherever you find this, and you can always check us out on the website. I mean, the easiest thing to do is just go to the website, and right from there, my boop, something my my podcast will start playing. Simple as that. But what's more exciting was this past weekend. There were. Uh, there was a big UFC event. I'm sorry I didn't get to breaking it down last week. But to be honest, to be honest, going into this main event, especially this event, was kind of uh, oversaturation of MMA, if you will. It's the end of the year card. It's being headlined by two flyweights, guys that they're so desperate and needing and they needed a main event that they had to go and get the guys from the last fight. Then you have Tony Ferguson as and Charles Oliveira as the Fight of the, fight of the Night predicted, right? That's what we thought was going to be Fight of the Night. And we also thought that was oh my God, I've got something in my That was more along the lines of what was going to be the main event, in the eyes of the people and the critics. However, main event ended up being Fight of the Night, in my opinion that the fight between Tony Ferguson and Charles Oliveira, to be honest, uh, I, I was expecting Charles to win. Not going to lie. I didn't really see, I don't, like I said, after the Tony Ferguson fight against Justin Gaethje, we're just not going to see the six fight win streak, Tony Ferguson. That's a different person, right? That's a different body, literal physical body. Get ready to see the Tony Ferguson that everyone has a blueprint for, and not that Justin Gaethje did it in easy fashion, but it doesn't take a specialist to replicate the type of the type of work it takes to beat Tony, the type of game plan it takes to beat Tony, right? Tony's a bully fighter. If you bully the bully, not saying that Tony's a bully, but if you put the fighter on the back foot that is known for the pressure, their game doesn't seem as scary. I mean, I'll get into breaking it down a little bit more. Let me give some shout-outs to some fighters. Chase Hooper, shout-out to him. He was getting... Beat in his in his uh, comeback after his loss to um what's his name Alex Caceres. but Alex Caceres is a specialist and Chase Super is a specialist, but Alex Caceres has more experience being a specialist, so it's going to take more than just a guy who's a specialist at jujitsu. We talked about this with Mackenzie Dern a while back. <laughs> If you can't take me there, it's not going to ever happen. Jiu-Jitsu only works if you engage in Jiu-Jitsu. That's what makes Khabib so good, is he can ground and pound you without engaging in Jiu-Jitsu. When he gets to half guard, he stands up in half guard because it's not Jiu-Jitsu. In Jiu-Jitsu, there's no such thing as a person standing up in half guard. It just doesn't become a guard and you go back to your knees. Chase Hooper... Survived, if you will. I mean, he didn't take as many punishing shots, but he was going to lose if it went to the decision. He, imminari rolls into Peter Barrett's legs. Bing, bang, boom, does a bunch of cool transitions. Bing, bang, boom. We're looking at heel hook submission. Listen, it wasn't a complicated heel hook. My buddy, Cameron Donnelly, uh, I would say he's pretty fucking good at leg locks. Um he's completely right, we were discussing it. A lot of people in MMA and it's not anything to take away from MMA fighters. You just have to understand that there's only a certain amount of brain capacity you can take in your life and unless you are obsessive like I am about this sport you're not going to download everything. Your brain's not going to just download everything. I <laughs> uh I bet everything on this sport and my ability to 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 be able to do well in it as far as whatever aspect. Most people have other hobbies. And if you're not a big jujitsu person, you're not gonna go to the extra leg lock class on Friday night or whatever, you know. You might learn if the hands are together conceptually, if you can get that at least down, hands are together, bad. Hands apart, good. That's really all you gotta learn for MMA in general. If you're on the ground, you can get their hands apart, good. If you can't, bad. Right? That means they're holding you. That means they're about to put into submission. That means they're getting towards a dominant position on you. Hands together, dominance. Hands apart, you can escape. So in that case, he rolls, and that's his defense. Everyone's defense is rolling against teal hooks. Shouldn't be your only defense against teal hooks. Should be defend the hands. Uh, or defend the grips, break the hands from anywhere around your legs, break control of the leg. if you can actually mm-mm. first should be inside leg control always, never, ever, ever, ever let one leg just dangle in between a person that's got good leg lock a uh, good leg lock game. If both feet are inside, they have to repummel to get their feet at least one inside. If I just consciously keep my legs inside and then punch you in the face while I'm doing it. Yeah, they might try to pull guard, but now we're playing jujitsu. And now if if I'm standing over you and I repubble my legs inside, you're now in full guard, stacked guard in MMA. You can try to do that that bump sweep where you grab both my legs, the idiot sweep, and like hit me over. You can try to do that, but this is MMA. You're gonna take five shots to the face before you can even get that. So most likely you're in a turtle. So if, if there's just prior preparation prevents piss poor for piss poor performance. If you just learn to keep your legs on the inside, the M&R rolls, these little things that people get so oh my god, this is crazy. All about as far as submission goes, it would change. However, you have to have one coach too that can concept or coach that can conceptualize it to you and explain it to you in a way where you can understand it and you go got it and you can replicate it in and outside of the cage. It's not easy. It's not easy. Especially, it's a pretty new sport. And all these other sports that are involved in this sport are very deep. All right. So in the, feather, or in the prelims, we had the return of Tisha Torres getting a knockout over Sam Hughes. I didn't see that. <laughs> Tisha Torres, I mean, she made a... She made a she made a uh, a case that none of no no UFC fighter or no UFC champion has finished her. I don't know how good of a how good of a how good of a case that is to fight again for the championship. Shabby, she just went in there and just wrecked this girl. Wait, what round was this finishing? First round? But this is... Oh, I don't think she can continue. She couldn't see. Maybe she busted her orbital. Yeah, she busted her orbital. Her Tisha, I mean, she just wants to fight for that title. So, um, if you're not one of those top contender girls, she's going to beat your ass. And that's experience um shout out to her and then you have Gavin Tucker versus Bill and Quarantillo that was an awesome fight Gavin Tucker did a really good job of just being more technical going to the body on Billy and uh yeah I mean Billy's forward pressure it, it can make people give up it can make people crack Gavin Tucker hits too hard and hits too good so whenever Billy wanted to press and do that Gavin just sat down on his punches and kicks and forced Billy to make decisions another way. And then he would take Billy down. He he got his wrestling up. He scored seven out of thirteen takedowns. I mean, for the guy that you would expect on the other end to be throwing the take or going with the takedown pace the other way. Defensive takedowns. And then the lightweight you have Rafael Fees. Fees I don't oh. know. Versus Hanato Moicano in the lightweight division. Hanato coming off of a win, submitting uh, a guy who uh, he's a killer. Have a have a Had hadjavec. See, it's not that I don't know who it is. It's just it's not an easy name to pronounce. Give me credit. Um, Halfway El in there. Rafael going in there and hitting him with a three-piece combo. I mean, beautiful right hook to the body. Oh, no, left hook to the body, right hook upstairs to create distance and get his hands down to hit and to click him with that left hook. Oh, nice, nice striking. I mean, that's what you get. Taking a class under him, God, I understand it, man. He understands tempo and rhythm when it comes to striking that a lot of UFC fighters if you're like I said if you're not 100% into the striking realm like this guy is like you understand that in striking there are things called like there there's rhythm breaking like it doesn't just stop at throwing hard and throwing fast with combinations when you watch these people do combinations on the pads it's like pa 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 guess what so when they go into the cage and they throw let's take a, a traditional kickboxing combination jab cross, uh, yeah, jab cross hook, leg kick. If I throw it, jab cross hook, leg kick, jab cross hook, leg kick, jab cross hook, leg kick, jab cross hook, leg kick. If I continuously do that in a fight, a person at the level of, you know, any of the guys in the top five of any division are going to go, he's throwing it, jab cross hook, leg kick, jab cross hook, leg kick. If I won 10 out of 10 fights in the UFC or prior to getting the UFC and all of those wins were off of my stopping someone from a leg kick, stopping someone from a cross or stopping someone from a hook because of that one combination. As soon as I get to the top five in the UFC, jab, cross, jab. My, my opponent's going to intercept with a, they're going to go jab, cross. They're going to block the cross. They're going to come back with something else. They're going to see that. They're going to read the rhythm. They're going to read the rhythm. They're going to check it. They're going to faint it. They're going to do whatever. They're going to read off of that. So that's why jab, cross, hook, leg kick is great when you can do jab, cross, hook, leg kick, jab, cross, hook, leg kick, jab, cross, hook, leg kick, jab, jab, cross, hook, leg kick. There's a, if you can just break the rhythm up, it changes the dynamic of striking in multitude of weights that one combination turns into five and that five piece and com- that those five different combinations all have different reactions off of those jiu-jitsu is the same way but so striking people don't take the time and then in the featherweight division so shout out to Rafael, and thank you for that kickbox and thank you for those kickboxing classes really appreciate you sharing the knowledge Featherweight division. You had Cub Swanson versus Daniel uh, Daniel Pineda. Daniel Pineda coming off of an awesome win against uh, Herbert Burns, right? He just demolished Herbert Burns. And everyone's like, oh, Daniel, P- Daniel Pineda's back. Da-da-da. Cub Swanson went in there, and he boxed Daniel Pineda up. And I was just talking to Troy about this. Uh, we were talking, and Cub Swanson's got them hands. He used to have them hands in the day, too. And he really showed it. There's a difference when you sit down on the punches instead of just flurry punching, which we saw some of. In we saw some of them in the other fight, but I mean, Dish Torres kind of did it. Um, it's the flurry punching when you when you when you don't sit down. When you're moving with the punches, it takes a lot of the heat off. All right. Shout out to Cub Swanson and inter- Cub Swanson's fights are always great, especially when he when he's a win when it's a win and it's a KO. Like I mean, devastating knockout. Uh, relax, but fun, fun. And Daniel Pineda's big too. It's just that boxing. Every time Daniel Pineda would try to step in and spin. Hmm. He looked like old Cub. It was great. Love Cub Swanson striking. Um Once again, not scared, body, head, changing up the rhythm of everything. All right, so heavyweight, I got to rush through this. Uh not rush through it, but I'm I'm stumbling on this shit that doesn't need to be stumbled on, you know? I'm just sitting here 16 minutes in. I've done a great breakdown so far, but we've got news to get through. You know, We've got a whole rest of the main card. Fighting excites me, guys. Uh, heavyweight, Junior Dos Santos versus Cyril Gone. Not much to say about this. Cyril Gaughan is the new breed. He is the future of the heavyweight. The Anthony Joshua-looking new breed of heavyweights. They all said that he looked like Anthony Joshua, and I was like, I guess. I don't know. Shout out to Anthony Joshua for getting a win this past weekend. Uppercut. I mean, I just think Tyson Fury fucking tools him. Junior Dos Santos versus Cyril it's Junior, I mean, long in the tooth. He tried to go in there. He tried to jab. Cyril Ghosn out Jab Junior. It's just one of those moments where I think Junior's been hit too many times. If he wants to keep fighting, he can, but... I mean, this was kind of feed him to the wolves fight for Cyril, though. It's going to be hard for him to get another fight. I will say that. This guy's 7-0, and and he knocked out Junior DeSantis in the second round, technically. It's going to be hard for s- people to want to step up and fight this guy. I don't blame them. But people aren't going to want to sign up and fight. Also, I mean, he's big. He's a big dude. He's got submissions under his record. Junior was doing well with the boxing. Like, if Junior could just sit down on his punches, not sit down, but, like, when he kicks, counter with the kicks. Or counter the kicks with the punches. But, I mean, I think Cyril Gon's speed, his youth, he trains with Nganu. He throws high kicks. Not a lot of not a lot of heavyweights throw high kicks. He would go to the inside leg. He's got a versatility in striking. Mess his leg up. And then he Oh, that's right. He elbowed him in the back of the head. And uh, Junior was arguing, but what can you do? I mean, what can you do, though? Zero gone with a fantastic win. Who's going to win anyways? All right, Kevin Holland knocks out uh, Jacques Array. Also, something I was talking to Troy about Those Kevin Holland has something that a lot of people don't have. Kevin Holland has, like, not a good childhood, right? Or not that it's not a good childhood, but he, he brought up in – he had a lot of adversity. He has that, like, chip on his shoulder. He talks when he fights. He doesn't care. He slaps people when they fight. He fights, but he's also got a lot of talent and technique. Mike Perry's the same kind of way, but he lacks the technique and the talent. But when you get those two things together, Kevin Holland knocked Jockeray out on his knees. Jockeray felt safe. Kevin was doing jiu-jitsu off his back. Kevin's a, a black belt under Travis Luter. So there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to do jujitsu against Ho- uh, Jacare. And that's what he was saying. But he gave him that false sense of security. He was talking to Jacare. He was like, oh, man, that's a good shot. That's a good shot, jockey. Uh, and then he was on his knees. And Jacare, in the moment, was like, oh, we're doing jujitsu. Oh, what a good guy. And then, whap. Wow, Kevin Hall pushes away from him. Jacare tries to close distance, hits him with that left hook from, I mean, you don't expect it, but of course Kevin's going to throw it. Look at his wingspan. Why wouldn't someone like that throw it? He's very intelligent in there. He reacts perfectly. He's a fighter. He's a fighter that has an affinity for fighting. He's not a fighter that just likes to fight, but he doesn't, I want to learn more about it and he doesn't really like think or dream about it. He became a Black Belt in Jiu-Jitsu under a guy that arguably knows what the fuck he's talking about in Jiu-Jitsu. He's a real problem in the middleweight division. He's got knockout power, he's long, lanky. He reminds me of a guy I used to I used to coach Kendall he's the same way man these guys if they love the sport and they want to get better at it they have all the physical attributes to get them to the top they will smash anybody they just have to fucking care and Kevin Holland cares smoke jacaray done we're eating alligator for dinner we're eating gator for dinner he's not even from Louisiana he doesn't care it's so on to the next fight. I think him versus anybody. I think Kevin Holland versus Kelvin Gastelum would be fucking fire. And what you really need is you need someone to test your metal, And Kelvin Gastelum the guy. If you can put Kelvin Gastelum away, n- now we cook him. I think that's the fight. All right, in the strawweight, you have Mackenzie Dern versus uh, Jandaroba. Jan um, Mackenzie Dern, outboxing, doing what she needs to. Only Janja got the takedown, but Mackenzie just outstruck her. She busted her nose. She went through a little bit of adversity, but she's a, she's a competitor. She's a fucking world champ. Everyone wanted to see it go into the ground, but guess what? When two grapplers fight, it doesn't turn into a grappling match. It turns into a striking match, and that's what happened. Mackenzie works with Jason Prolo. You put the money in the right places, get the good results. Lightweight main of our co main event. Everyone wanted this to be Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira. Everyone wanted this to be fight of the night. Couldn't be. Charles Oliveira went out there and he demolished Tony Ferguson. He showed he's the new Tony. He's the guy in this division. Not new in the way that experience wise, like Charles has way more fights than Tony. Not way, but has more fights than Tony. But he's a new blood. He's he's gunning for the title shot. Tony's had his chances. I mean, look at the... He shut him down. 86 strikes to 26. Three takedowns. Three submission attempts. I mean, he almost got Tony's arm in that first round. I mean, he probably got Tony's arm in that first round. It explains the lack of volume on Tony's part. And then it was just... Easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl for the rest of the time. He took him down. He smashed him. Um, and he outpointed and outpaced Tony Ferguson. To me, Charles Oliveira made a statement in that way. I, I saw he was gunning for a submission. If he submitted Tony Ferguson, everyone would have lost their fucking mind. Not going to submit Tony Ferguson in three minutes. Or three or in three rounds. Sorry. You had your chance in the first round. He's not going to tap. You, it has to be a choke. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not gonna happen. Maybe you go for a leg lock. That could probably scare him to getting the tap. Like, oh, I don't want to go through that again. But it would have to be a, it would have to be a choke. You'd have to put him out. So shout out to Charles Oliveira. I mean, Khabib's next. Khabib versus Charles Oliveira would be the greatest fight ever. Boxing wrestling. Russian Brazil, shoot the box versus Dagestani bear wrestling. You wrestle me, I'm gonna submit you. You want to kick me, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna punch and take you down. Um, what this fight also showed me was Tony Ferguson would get eaten up by Khabib. Mm, what you say? No one wants to hear that. But that's the hard truth. The hard truth is Tony Ferguson would be eaten by Khabib. Um, you know this. This is not number one bullshit. This is 100% true. All uh, Shout out to my fucking Dagestani fans since I have none because I vibed with Tony for so long. If Charles Oliveira could have done what he did that night to Tony and smashed him top position-wise... Khabib is going to smash. He's going to smash all day, all night. All night long, all night, all night long. Smash him all day. I mean, Charles Oliveira has more of a chance against Khabib on the ground just because his submissions are fast, fundamental, smooth. In the transition, he can pull triangles off because he's odd and lanky. But his top his top game was fucking spicy too. He controlled Tony. Tony wasn't able to really do anything off the ground. I mean, he got no submission attempts. But when it goes to Charles Oliveira and Khabib, I'm going to be on Brazil's side. vai mohe, uva mohe. Right. Um, anyway, man, this coffee's pretty good. Uh, Shout-out to Davidson, Figueiredo, and Brandon Marino for the fight of the night. Decision. Davidson retains his belt. They run it back. I mean, what a fight. Back and forth, four takedowns from Brandon Marino, two takedowns from Davison Figueiredo. Significant strikes are almost parallel. Davidson kind of outstruck Brandon a little bit. Those power shots easily turned the tide of any of the volume shots that Brandon had, it's just one of those classic boxing matches: the power hitter versus the the speedy, elusive striker. Davison turned off for one round, and that fucked him. And then also that awful groin kick where he kicked him, and fucking Brandon was like, <coughs> "Like that's awful." Not as awful as um, one FC. Who got that? Who got that Fuck, Nikki Holtskin. Hit this dude to the liver, and m- since there's Sans fan, no fans, right? They're like, oh my god, Nikki Holtzkin. Cause the the, the announcer is fucking crazy. He's great. Um, after it's done, they pan and look at the guy, and the camera picks up the the sound of the guy. He's like, oh, oh, He's making that noise. And you're like, Jesus Christ, that guy's dying over there. And you're like, "Mm, no fans. That's what you get when you don't hear that. Like, that's kind of that stuff. Like, Brandon Moreno's sitting there. And for all those girls at home that are like, does it hurt when you get kicked in the nuts? Um, Yeah, I mean, he almost threw up in the cage. That must have sucked. His his shit's probably broken. Like, his uh, cup's probably broken. Um, But, yeah, and then Brandon Moreno, I'm pretty sure, broke his arm or something deflecting a kick from Davidson. And I don't think Figueiredo picked it up because there are plenty of times where figueroa it's only on his fault he didn't win this fight. Brandon showcased that he has potential to beat Davidson, right? Just has to up the volume, has to let the arm heal, maybe get a little bit stronger so he can hold Figueiredo down a little bit more and implement his jiu-jitsu. But Davison let this fight slip away from him. He, I assume it was a weight cut. It's probably hard to do the same weight cut twice in a row. He probably couldn't get too much heavier, so he was probably depleted of like, energy for those two weeks that he was here in the States. But I think he goes back. He has a full fight camp. It's fucking hard to mess with. I think also, I don't know how many more fights he has at flyweight. He walked in the cage at 140, 145. So we'll see how many more fights he has at this. Wait. Shout out to those guys for the fight. They'll definitely meet again. And it was fucking awesome. It was an awesome five round banger. Go watch it. To could be predicted I'm on BJPentacom. BJPentacom? Taylor White commends Tony Ferguson's weakness and defeats as uh, Khabib's fight was just not meant to be. Guess not. I mean, they ended the world trying to make it. Brandon Renato popped shoulder during UFC 256. That's right. That was the best flyweight fight as far as in the flyweight division history. Charles Oliveira wants the winner of McGregor versus Poirier. So 45ers are now at the top of the lightweight lightweight division. Great. What does that say about weight cutting? Oh, Kevin Holland wants the G- GMF fight. Julio Roundtree versus Marcino Pacino. There's supposed to be a big fight added to a card. fight? I think it's supposed to be added to after the Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fight. What other news? What other news? That's pretty much it. Oh, also, shout out to Ariane Celeste, because she returned uh, to uh, ring card girling after being pregnant, like, not even that long ago. So, guess what? All those people that don't want to try to keep in shape after pregnancy, girls, I mean, and guys, too. Like, they kind of carry that pregnancy weight with them. They do the sympathy, like, the girl eats, so they eat more. Both of you, get your shit together. Get your shit together. Get your shit together. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Go check out sunscrapnation.com. I've been your host as always. It's been a nice little episode recapping everything. I'll be back Wednesday more than likely because I got nothing going on this week and I'll be here all day. Um. Go check out sunscrapnation.com, like I said. And anything else bite-wise, you can find there as far as what's going on with us. I've been your host, Daniel Jonas. Uh, Enjoy your week, and uh, until next time, stay safe. Peace.